Hello. Hi. And welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It's a hairstylist adjacent podcast where each week, two friends who also happen to be hairstylists break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden. And I'm your co host, Erica the Red. And today, Erica. If you're joining us on YouTube, you can already see. Um, But if you're listening, we're going to keep you in suspense for a little longer. Today, we have a very special guest from my very own hometown of Portland, Oregon. They're a member of the Cosmoprof artistic team, Babilis Pro Team, the owner of Gold Studios, curl enthusiast, as well as a cutting and color specialist, not to mention an international educator. Speaking of education, she offers classes on her website, salon website, goldstudiosexperience.com, and they are all less than $100. Which is dope. And joining us today in the break room, we have none other than the one, the only, <laughs> Presley fucking Poe. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'll take Presley Pro. That's a good one. I'm like, I'm in. Let's do that. Well, I'll take it. Right? Well, I was, on web- <laughs> I was on your website earlier, and it was Pose Painters. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. say that five times fast. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, Presley Poe, Pose Painters. Love it. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with Peek and Pit. Um, you are our guest of honor. Do you want to go first? So the, I, you go, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, my peek is here, this. Here. This is my peak that we're recording this with you. Um, I said I was really, like, not nervous for interviewing hair celebrities anymore, and I'm shaking in my boots over here excited to be talking to you. So I lied, but (laughs) still my peak. Um, And then my pit would be – what was my peak? My peak was – my week was – or pit was a little – my week was a little slow. Yeah. It was kind of slow. But – after, after last week, which was really busy, I'll take it. It was nice. Yeah. So, okay. you know, silver lining. What's yours, Hunter? So my peak is, I mean, this is a peak for sure. Yeah. But my peak is that I just spent a week with the CUNE Global Education Team, mm-hmm. and we were in Atlanta. Um, we did our national educator training. So it was like our one training where we all get together Um and just inspire each other, yeah. and we learn everything that's coming out in the next year, two years. Um, and this training was super special because it was in Atlanta. It was at our headquarters. Um, but my pit yeah. is that we found out the reason that we brought it back <laughs> to home and to our headquarters is that this is the last year that we're going to have the academy. Oh, what? In the in the location that it is. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. So, it's been 11 years in the academy, and w- the lease is up this year, and they cho- they're they choosing not to renew it oh, and so start it's be fresh. elsewhere? In a different city? No one Who knows? knows. Who knows? Well, so, Peak and Pit all rolled up into one. Yeah. And what about you? Um... I had a beautiful week at work. I, I've been having some salon issues as far as like water everywhere, like water from the ceiling, water from the sinks, water from the back sink. It's like this whole thing. Um, but I think that the peak was actually having a really connective conversation with the landlord of the building in which I finally felt very heard and I felt seen. Um, so that was a peak for me is to be able to have that conversation because previously I've been very pacified and like, you know, just, um, yeah, I've been pacified and not acknowledged. So it felt really good to be acknowledged in that moment. And then I think a pit for me was that I had a client leave. They were very happy. We were both like, hells yes, we did that. So good. And then uh, they came back and said, you know, that one side of their hair was not acting the way that it did when they left. And they sent me a photo and I was like, what the hell is that? Um, So for me, anytime either a client isn't happy Uh, It's an opportunity for me to 
step up. But if the client is kind of like, eh, I'm not really into it, I'm like, Ugh! like, so it's the pit for me is not that they're unhappy. It's the reluctancy to come back and let me tweak it or to check on it. Cause sometimes it could be like an educational moment of like, okay, what did we do differently at home and in the salon? And we know that curls move and shift and, you know, like maybe it was styled with tension here and not here. So I don't know, for me, it's like a missed opportunity and that stresses me out. <laughs> so that's my, my pit. Not that something happened, but the potential that I might not be able to adjust that and mend, mend that trusting in the relationship. We talk about that a lot, how mm -hmm. sometimes you do a guest and you're not happy with it or they're not happy with yeah. it. And the feeling of like, ugh. That the, when they, I, you don't yeah. get the opportunity to fix it, like yes. you said. Yeah. It can be a bummer. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, today, are you going to, you want to go ahead and introduce our topic um yeah well first actually for yes. people who um know presley they know presley um and if you don't though presley can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like kind of your journey into becoming a hairdresser and stuff okay so what was the question there which would you like the journey into becoming a hairdresser or a little bit about myself which one of those well i guess tell us about you about you yeah what are yeah. you about Oh, um, oh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> I like, that's so broad. I'm like, how do I do? I am career obsessed. I'm completely obsessed with what I do. Um, and I think that if someone really wants to know me to look at my career from all the aspects of it, right? So like if you deep dive into the last eight years of me putting myself out there on the internet, I speak very plainly about how I feel about people, how I feel about what I do. And I think that you can see me absolutely through my work that hairdressing is my advocacy it's my way of connecting to the world. It's my way of healing trauma of, um, it's my way of essentially making beautiful the things that people have said are wrong with me, you know, like things like, um, if you're OCD, Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, turns out I get paid a whole lot of money for that because people want me to be OCD on their hair. So it's like a safe space for me to practice that. So it's an outlet for me to, to be, um, to actually have those, you know, I have a need to do things that are monotonous and redundant to other people and to do them with a very high standard and, to repeat that process. So hair is a really great way for me to have that avenue. Um, I was told that I was really loud as a kid and now I speak on stages in front of thousands. So again, another way to funnel that, fulfill a need, but also just like, that's just a part of my personality, right? And like, um, you know, I'm a natural leader, so it's nice. I think that quality in me helps my clients to feel comfortable that I will lead them and guide them through this process. Um, yeah, I think, I think that if people really want to know me, just look at my work and look at the body of it, not through the lens of your experience, but with the open, open eyes and, and, um, Yeah, with the with the open eyes and open mind of just very plainly. Take it for what it is because that is what I mean. Yeah, I'm a very straightforward person. I put it out there. I'm like, here we go. I'm not fearful of it at all. Yeah, I like that. 
Um, so one of the things that we really inspired us to want to have a talk with you is there was a post of yours that Hunter and I really liked where you were talking about having not received like 99.9% of the services that you've got and how <laughs> yeah that you do. And like, um, it's, it's just kind of an interesting thing to talk about, you know? So what, what inspired you to make that post and like talk about that fact in general? Well, I mean, I don't know, but do we think that we should say what that was for the listeners if they have not seen it? Oh yeah. Here, do you still have it right there? Yep. I have the post right here. I would, do you want me to just read your caption? Yeah, do that. Sure. I'm like, I don't even know what I said. (laughs) (laughs) 99.9% of the things I do in the salon, I've never done to myself. Such as balayage, highlights, long layers, asymmetric haircuts, shags, curly cuts, color melts, hair tattoos, basically everything. (laughs) My hair has essentially been black, blonde, red, and yellow pretty much my whole life, and I have always had it some sort of short and mainly shaved. As an artist and practitioner, I feel blessed to be able to help others achieve their personal concepts of beauty. I struggled in the beginning of my 22-year career to have people who don't look like me trust me with their hair. And I'm so thankful that the years of taking models and doing free hair to build trust worked. Not, never let people doubt you because of how you look. Keep them guessing. Stay humble. Strive to learn. Keep growing past the growing pains and wait to do what you feel drawn to do. My branding is range. It's not easy to be a pigeonholed in this industry, but if I inspire you to be well-rounded, I can encourage you to do it. Mm-hmm. But know one thing. It takes time, but it's worth the rush. But what's the rush? Right. What is the rush? (laughs) What is the rush? I hear that a lot. I had a conversation with someone who I really um, have a lot of admiration for in the industry. And I'm trying to remember her name right now, but I'm brain farting. But she worked for, oh, God, it's like um, androgynous, androgynous stylist, androgynous barber, androgynous, androgynous something. This is a long time ago, and I have, like, really bad memory. Um, But... They were working for a company and this is like eight years ago. And I just remember them saying something along the lines of, I'm just, I'm late to the game and I'm just trying to catch up and I just want to get, you know, where I'm going fast. I'm just like on my, and I was like, well, where are you going? You know, like, but where, where, you know, and I think that that's the beauty of this industry. It's like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, the rest of my life. And I am not in a rush to live all of my life. And it's like, I'm not in a rush to like make a million dollars or like be on the biggest. Because what do you do when you? get to the top. Where is there to go? Just keep going. (laughs) What is the top? Yeah. In this industry, there really isn't one. And that's kind of my suggestion there. It's like, I'm in no rush because where is there really to go, but I'm never going to stop moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's kind of this like, You know, like, I'm just always going to go that way, but towards an unknown destination. Like, I have no idea, so I'm in a rush for nothing, but I live my life every day like I don't have one tomorrow. So for me, it's it's living with intention and purpose, but not rush, right? I don't have, and there's nothing wrong with anyone who does have a rush to get to a specific destination. I'm not, I am pro this. I'm not anti anything else, like. Let that be said. Um, so yeah, I um, I was just like, I a rush to, to what? And I think that particular post was really enveloping of a lot of different situations that are going on right now. There's a lot of flux happening in our industry as far as like, you know, the different hair representations, which I think is absolutely phenomenal but with change comes friction and friction you know causes discomfort and there's a lot of growth in that and it's like 
I know that people struggle, really struggle, including myself with, if you don't look like me, how are you going to trust me with you? Right. There's this, there's this understanding of like knowing, right. But I think that's the cool thing is like that psychology, right? So every year I give myself three things to focus on, right? Whether it's like, okay, so this year I'm focused on balayage. I'm focused on, you know, this sort of education in the salon. I'm focused on this and like, you know, upping this ante. And then I'm doing like three things to focus on a year, right? And then the next year, it's something else. So the cool thing about this industry is that education will take you as far as you want to go. You can look however you want to look, literally, and you can go anywhere you want to go as long as you get educated. And so it's just very enveloping of like, don't let people tell you who you are. You know, like, there's this whole thing of like, we're, we're asking people to see us and then we're not asking them about them. Right? So someone comes into the salon and they sit in your chair. They look different than you, however that may be. And they have all these things, whether it's balayage, asymmetrical haircut, whatever. You might be 60 years old with silver hair, you know, and you might be like a grandma to 70K, like whatever it is. And then they look at you and this is what used to happen to me. They'd sit in my chair and they go, okay, I want something different. Not, not too different. And I'd be like, okay, like, I don't want you to look like me. Like, I'm not here to make you look like me. So I'm going to channel you and ask you about your life and your lifestyle and all these things. And like, then I'm going to determine what to do with your hair. So it's just one of those, one of those things of saying, you know, I had that experience for so long in my career of people looked at me and they thought one thing. And then they thought based on the work that they had seen, that that's what I would do to them without understanding that that's curated information that we put up into the world and we don't share 100% of our work and that not everything on the internet is finite, you know? And so, yeah, it was just a, like, I just want people to understand that like, it's okay to be different. That doesn't mean you can't come together and trust someone and look at their differences like they're powerful and not something to contend with. I love that. Yeah. You mentioned in that post as well that you offered like free services in the beginning to earn trust from people, right? So what was that like? Um, did you experience anything, any rejection from that? Were people still standoffish, even though it might have been a free haircut or a free color? Well, first and foremost, I would like to address that there is no past tense in that. I will absolutely take models still and simply for learning purposes. I am that person that will accost you out of my car window when I walk by and you have magical hair and that's something I want to grow in that year. I might be like, and I stop and I'm like, hi, I'm Presley Poe. And I know I sound like a crazy person right now, but I would love to do your hair and I, I know I sound crazy, but like, if you just want to check out my work on Instagram, like, here's my thing, or like, here's a card, you know, or would you be willing to like, you know, exchange information? I'm totally down to do it for free. Like, I see you like vivid hair color, and I just really want to like expand my whatever on it. I still do that regularly. And, and the thing is, is people going to look at you like you're crazy. But if you think about it in terms of people are just weird when you compliment them. How many times have you walked up to someone, you know, like most people, if you go, oh my God, I love your shoes. I go, oh my God. Yeah. Thank you. I just, yeah, I got them a while back. They weren't, you know, but thank you. And you're like, okay. Like that was, I don't know what that was, but I love your shoes. Or like, 
I'm the person who's like, I will like get through a room of people to tell you that I really like your outfit. And they're like, thanks, you know? And they're like, and they kind of look at you like, what the, just what? And then, so like that happened to me once. And a prime example is like, I did that. We went to this event. I didn't realize it was all fancy pants. And so I was not dressed all super fancy. And this woman had like this dope outfit. I like raged through the room. I like get up to her and I was like, hi, I'm Presley Poe. I just want to let you know, like, I think your outfit is freaking magic. And like, you look fire tonight. And she's like, thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. And I just like bebopped off. And then I heard way later, they were like, I had a client come in and she goes, dude, did you go to this blah, blah, blah? And I was like, yeah, I was totally there. What's up? And she goes, I knew it was you. And I was like, why? And she goes, one of my friends was like, this girl, this beautiful girl came up and they told me that my outfit was pretty and I didn't know what to do. And I just kind of froze and I freaked out. And like, and she goes, you made her whole night. She goes, and I go, really? Because she was like, uh, you know, and that's the thing that happens. So like, I think that if you are willing to be brave enough and courageous enough to confront people in a way that might make them uncomfortable, but in like the, the, the intention of like, I want to make you feel good, understand that that might not always be met. It might not always be met in like the most like open way. Because I think it's difficult sometimes for us to accept love, especially from people that we don't know. So the answer to that, in short, is yes, people get weird about it. And yeah, people are like, uh. But most of the time, they end up being like, totally, let's do this. I end up hearing from them like, later. Mm -hmm. But the seed is planted. Yeah. Well, and worst know? case scenario, you um, just give someone a compliment and, maybe, and make, their maybe day. make their day. Maybe they don't go for being a model, but... At least you come yeah, on it. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, for sure. So yeah. one of the things yeah. that I followed you for years and I do, I love what you're saying and how you are always like learning new things and like expanding your bound and you do so many different things and you've, you know, um, accomplished a lot and learned a lot and offer a lot of services in your career. And I think that's so cool. Um, what, if you're looking to learn something that you're not super confident in, you know, where do you go when you're looking for education? Like if a stylist is wanting to step outside of their comfort zone, would you have any tips for them of like, you know, maybe look here, you know, what, what do you do if you're trying to s step outside of your comfort zone and, and learn something new? I am really blessed to be in the educator realm. So I get to kind of shift over and speak with my peers and say, okay, dude, so like you like slay natural hair. Oh, you have this event. And then I just go. But I think that people could look at hashtags, hashtag curly hair, hashtag balayage, hashtag Cincinnati educator, hashtag, you know, whatever it might be. But hashtags are for people. They're not for companies. So I think that's a really good way to find someone who's, you know, exploiting themselves. And I think that's a really, um, I think that word gets a really negative connotation, exploit. But it just means to use something to its highest ability. And we do that. We have to, we have to, um, I, I love that word. I love taking the power back in that. So when we are self-exploiting, when we are using ourselves to our highest capability, we are putting ourselves out there and, and we're saying, hey, here I am. Like we're going to ruthlessly self-advocate. And, and hashtags are one of the ways in which we can do that to reach audiences, not companies. Um, also, I think, yeah, um, I think, companies too are a great way to start. If you're not super comfortable going to independent education, like you just don't know it's going to be worth your salt. You don't know you want to spend a lot of money or you want to get your foot in the door. You Find your company if, and see what education they offer. They most likely have some sort of education. That, and if they don't, just go to a different brand. Um, I know that Cosmoprof has education. I know that Sally's has it. They all have education. So you could definitely check like big brands, but I mean, I, as an independent educator as well, I suggest going independent. It's going to be much more 
intimate than if you go through a brand, but brands could be a good way to start your education journey. Because you kind of know what you're setting yourself up for. Because, yes, independent education does tend to be a little more intimate, but it can also be more expensive sometimes for that, which is Yo, good. for sure. But if you're just looking oh, yeah. to get your foot in the door, I like that. That's that's a good little piece of advice. Right yeah. There. Right. So um, recently we actually had a stylist move out of state and has referred, I mean, 90% of her regular clients to yeah. Erica. Um, and mm-hmm. I'll let Erica kind of expand on the journey that that has been. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you had a couple questions. She has a couple questions for you about gaining trust. Well, and I, I think honestly, you've kind of touched on a couple of things that may have answered that question already, but basically in this particular situation, the stylist has moved out of town. Her clients are coming to me because she trusts me, but Mm-hmm. If I'm looking, what I was going to ask, I guess, was like, if I am looking to then go out and like expand even more into like doing different things um, that I haven't done before, and I have people coming in, like you said, that don't look like me. And so they're looking at me like, what do you know about my hair texture? You know what I mean? And I can feel that, or maybe it's just in my head. And I'm like, how do, would you have any advice for someone like me who is like not only trying to inspire that confidence in themselves, but also in the guest as obviously when they're done, they say, oh, she did good. But, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to expand in that and know more. And like, obviously like, I can seek out some education, but sometimes like if there's time constraints or, you know, whatever, I get nervous to put myself out there and even ask someone if they would be comfortable letting me try something I'm not. And you said I'm a natural born leader and I accost people on the street like, hey, let me do your hair. So, I mean, maybe that is just what I need to do is get over my nerves a little bit and just put myself out there. And, I mean, I guess what's the worst that could happen would be, no. I'm okay. I'm good, you know. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, a little bit, but actually, so what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is how do we, when we're put in a situation where we're forced to grow outside of our comfort level, make our client feel comfortable and own our space behind the chair at the same time even when we don't necessarily feel prepared for that situation. Is that okay? This is an area I do have some experience in, but I don't have a ton, you know? And so I am kind of struggling to find my like, because if it's like something I'm comfortable with, I'm like, oh yeah, girl, I got you. And so I'm struggling to like, feel confident and not project my like maybe unsureness of Get myself grounded better. Yeah. If I'm trying something that I haven't necessarily done before. So I think that honesty is a really big, bold and important place to start. And when we start that journey, I think that consultations are the are a must. And I don't give a shit if it's a haircut or if it's a color. We often do consultations for color and not really for haircuts. But when you're starting to get into curly hair, highly textured hair, all of these things, consultation is of the utmost importance and all the pre-communication before you have that appointment. So something that I do is I have consultation forms for color and I have consultation forms for haircuts and people have to fill those out. They have to send photos of what their hair currently looks like and the expectation of what they hope it to look like. And then I ask them all these probing questions about their daily life and how they're doing so that I can get insight to them before they even show up to me. So I read through this, I see their photo, I put a name to the photo and then, um, 
helps me be better, better prepared. So if someone has something that I'm like, I might not be the best for that right now. Let me get some education. I will tell them, say, okay, so first and foremost, I am super excited to be a practitioner and a provider for you. I am the conduit for your idea of art. And I want to make sure that we are on the same page. I see what you want through this consultation form that you sent me. Thank you for taking that time to do that. And let me let you know where I'm at professionally. So while I'm comfortable in this field, what you are wanting is a little bit outside of my expertise. And I want to be honest with you about that. Secondarily, I want to say, give me three times. Give me three times to get to know you and your hair, the chemistry of your hair through different seasons so that I might service you to the best of my ability. So often when we have our first service, it's not going to be spot on. But I want you to know that I will take every step to ensure that our working relationship starts here and ends with you being in love with your hair. So these are the steps that I'm going to take in order to ensure that you have a good service. Because I think so much of it is just not being prepared, right? Or when a client comes in and they say, I want this because I feel comfortable with you and I go, okay, so let me be really honest about some things that happened here that I'm not so sure of how to tackle. And give me a couple days because I'm going to do some research and then I'm going to get back to you. And then what I'd like to do is reschedule you so that we can apply those techniques. And I think that's all we want from people, right? We just want people to say, they, we want people to be honest with us and say the hard things. So really, yes, the answer is swallow your nerves, you know, and step up and remember that you lead with your energy first. Not knowing doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you not good at your job. It just simply means you don't know yet. Okay. I like that. You know? I like how you said you know? that because I do think maybe even when I thought of the question, I was thinking of like, I want these guests to trust me and, you know, feel comfortable when, I mean, I'm pr for the most part, pretty good at being like, you know, I think you should see this person for that, or that's not my expertise, but you're, you're right. Like, I feel like people are coming to me with this expectation because they've been referred to me and I'm scared. I can't fill this person's shoes is what it really comes down to. I think honestly, mm -hmm. um, say that uh, that's what I've been doing. So it's nice to get a little <laughs> validation here that like, I'm not going to scare these people off. Like I do. I just want people to know that like, I'm going to do the best I can. And if it's not quite right, you can tell me and, and I'll learn to do my best. And I, I guess, like I said, I think it ultimately comes down to, I'm worried I can't fill her shoes, but I have been pretty honest. I'm like, you know, I'm still learning here. And so that just kind of made me feel a little bit better. I don't know. <laughs> just don't diminish, just don't diminish yourself. Right. So a different way to say that is like, you know, if, you know, whoever it is, let's call her Becky, gives you a bunch of clients and you say, listen, Becky slayed your hair. And I'm, I'm not Becky. And those are some big shoes to fill and I'm going to do my best. But I'd like you to be open to learning with me and we might discover some really cool things that you didn't know along the way. And when in doubt, I will tap into my Becky essence and I will slay Yo, hair. Okay. Like, and I do that often. I will tell people I am tapping into this. Like I, I have clients who are all across the board, all across the board. And I'm like, if you are a Martha Stewart loving PTA mom on the go, who loves hairspray and hair that's, you know, so big that Jesus could just tap it on the top, you know, I'm down. I'm down. I got you, girl. 
And like, I have 94 year old clients. I just posted a woman who is like, you know, she's a bob, she's blonde, you know, just a completely different lifestyle. And I love that because again, I'm the conduit to what someone else, their vision. I said earlier, one of the things I've always loved about following you is like, there's everyone, there's like natural colors, there's bright colors, there's curly hair, there's shaved, you know, neon and all these designs. And it's like, we're artists and not everyone's the same. And mm -hmm. we're, our job is, yeah, like to put our art in their vision on their heads. And I love that. So it's funny because I don't feel like an artist anymore. Right? I know people go, what? And I hear all the time, Presley, you're such an artist. You're amazing. Your art is incredible. And I'm like, I don't see it as art at all. I don't. Someone, you know how like when you're watching people like do portraitures and they start with this shape and then they like erase a line and then they start with this shape and they erase that line. They're practicing these fundamental things to create the art, right? To like get the specific image. So when someone comes to me and I mean, I guess that's art for them, right? Cause it's like their idea, their thought process, they put it down, but they still go through this like very fun rudimentary way of doing it. Right. And so for me, art is a free flow arts. Like someone sits down, I blank out the canvas. I'm able to do whatever I want. My art is imprinted on them. When someone comes to me and they want XXXXXXX, mm -mm, blue, like artistry goes out the door, fundamentals come in, all of my training, everything goes to the technical of like, okay. But I think like even like the interesting thing is I think when people see what I do, they don't know why I'm doing it. So it can be misinterpreted as this artistic thing, but I'm just presenting it in an artistic way. Once you hear me break that down, you're like, oh shit. Like people just are like, oh, that's a lot of information. I'm like, yeah, every move is calculated, like down to like the angle at which I move it, why I move it that way, why some people I move all the way back and some people I move forward, some people this way, centered, not centered, all of it has a reason. And so I guess like if at the end of it, it creates something like art, then that's beautiful. But I don't think of myself as an artist when I'm doing hair. I'm doing physics. I'm doing geometry. I'm doing fundamentals. I'm doing trichology. I'm doing chemistry. You know what I mean? I'm doing all these things that don't have anything to do with art. Whoa. That's like, that was a... Break it down. Wow. My whole world just <laughs> expanded in my mind there for a second. Um. Yeah, I'm like, come to class. You'll see. <clears throat> well, Presley, so everything that we've talked about today, I think we could all agree, has kind of like wrapped up into experience, right? Um, mm -hmm. But what we all know to be true about experience is that it has a lot of challenges that come along with it. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I'm reading from a script because we ask this to all of our guests. Um, now, the two, one of the questions mm -hmm. that we ask to everyone is, and this might take a second, you might need to like mm -hmm. process it and think about it. That's okay. We'll cut out any pauses. <laughs> um, so the first question is, what is the most notable time in your career that you've had to pick yourself back up after a fall or a misstep? Mm. Oh, that recently just happened, actually. I think um, I was very publicly ridiculed and bullied. And then I experienced a moment where I went in person to an event and the exact same thing happened to me. So the, um, 
it's not that I had to pick myself up. It's that I had to change my perspective, right? What I saw was a slow build and grooming process into me losing a little bit of my power. And when I say my power, I don't mean my power exerted over other people. I mean the power in my self-confidence, the power in my knowing of me, in my moving with my intention and my purpose aligned, right? Because other people are going to come at you when you have a platform of any kind and they're going to tell you. And sometimes in a way that's like jarring that you're like, oh, are they right? That's going to make you question yourself, right? And I always try to look for my responsibility in like every situation. So this particular instance happened, I think it was like probably like two years ago, someone inboxed me and was just like, you know, it was very interesting, basically just telling me that I should not be doing what I'm doing, that I'm like wrong for it. And then I'm like a horrible person and like all this stuff for like literally cutting hair. I was like, uh, no. And I was like, what? And then it kind of like, you know, then that kind of went, that was like two years ago. Right. And then it kind of fast forward. Then I got a stalker. I got an online stalker and like someone who actually stalked me in person, Avery Sharp. Hi. Um, if anyone, I'm like, that's, oh yeah, he's, uh, he's, hi Avery, nice to see you, stalker. Um, so he will just say the most vile things that have absolutely nothing to do with reality and like, you know, uh, cause just like, he speaks to my character in a way that I'm like, bro, first of all, I've never met you, like literally ever. And like, I realized though, with him that I was like, oh, there's the empathy of like, I think he has this like God-like complex. Like he has like a savior complex and he thinks that he's actually doing good in the industry by trying to like out people. So like, I get it. I get the intent, but like the impact is like kind of opposite. Cause I'm like, well, you actually picked the wrong one, dude. Cause like, I'm not anything like what you're saying. Um, so then I had like a, a, a very, a stalker online. And then, you know, so then it happened again of like people being like, you know, you know what you're doing is wrong. And I'm like cutting hair, what is happening? Right. And then I did this like 30 minute tutorial in which I got, it was so interesting because it takes, I don't think I've ever actually been like knocked off my game. You know what I mean? Like when I'm teaching, this is my classroom. This is my space. This is how I'm going to hold it. And I think I just got like super derailed because I didn't have a moderator to like cut out negative comments or anything. And I'm just reading it and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I think the first thing I did wrong was defend myself because it spiraled everything, right? So then after that happened and there was like these online situations or people going live and it's like, I don't know, they just called me all. I was like, what is happening right now? And then I went into a situation and the same thing happened. And there's something called boost signaling where someone basically says, I mean, I don't think that we should do these things to people, but you guys are entitled to do whatever you want. But the person in question is right over there. And if you would like to do something about it, y'all go and handle that. And that is boost signaling, right? It's to say, I'm not going to get my hands dirty, but I'll just let you know that over there, that one, go get it. And um, then, then it happened, like people were spiraling online. And I think when, when something, when there's a, something happening, I think people just want to be a part of something, right? And it's like, I've had this kind of picture perfect career. Like I've had this like beautiful eight year career, with, like absolutely no drama. And then all of a sudden it's like this whole thing about, you know, I'm like, what's happening right now? So then I went to the event and it was just awful. It was like three days of the same thing, same kind of treatment. And I thought to myself, I was like, you know, okay. I went for clarity. I went to see like what it was all about, where I could learn, you know, step up to, I, at the time I was still under this whole like thought process that I really did something wrong. I was like, okay these people are saying I'm doing something wrong. So I must be doing something wrong. So I'm going to pay $2,000 and I'm going to go figure out what it is. 
And then I came home being like, oh, I, okay. I actually didn't do anything wrong besides let other people tell me what my character is and other people assume what my intent is. And I responded or reacted to other people's interpretation of who they think that I am based on how I look, what I do, and the curated information that I put online. And um, the exact things that people were mad at me about, they actually held the microphone for someone who said, like quadruple anything that I actually did it service wise to a mannequin, by the way. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is literally because of just who I am and the representation of who I am in the industry. And I was like, Oh, so I came out and I didn't necessarily pick myself up from it, but I definitely had an awakening of like, oh, this is the level that you're at, where people just get real big mad for you being at your level, right? And I was like, oh, it's very interesting because people have these really wild assumptions about you just based on numbers next to your name that like you're unattainable, you're snobby, you're, you know, you have a lot more power than you really do, that you're not integral. And here's the thing that I've realized. When you get numbers next to your name, when you get this like clout or whatever, um, you're no longer a person. You're an entity. And we judge entities much differently than we speak to people right? When you're an entity and you're this, like, you're a mass, right? Then, then people are going to approach you like, oh, well, you know what you should do. Oh, you know why you should do it. Oh, well, let me tell you my agenda because you have all this and I feel entitled to it. Instead of saying, hey, so the story I'm telling myself is that you have this power and how I would like to be a part of that is to ask you, could I use your platform or work with you with your platform to get my agenda out there? Because I'm having difficulty on mine. I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. But instead it's assumed that you won't do that because you have numbers. So you're just like this crazy monster. So it's very interesting to me, but I came out and I was like, oh, almost like a cool, like, you don't, you don't realize like where you're at until people tell you. Right. And it was like, Oh, if I'm supposed to be there, then I really thought I was like somewhere else. I was like, all right. So it's a, it's an interesting thing. And I tell people, I'm like, I have had some wonderful connections after all of that happened and lots of positivity and movement and needle forward, um, conversations and, um, people make really big, opinions based on fragments of information. So a 15 to 30 second or 30 minute tutorial in a 22 year career, right? Right. A fragment. Is this huge deciding factor for people to assume who you are based on a 15 second feeling that they get it's curated. Yeah. It's curated content. It's literally curated. So people can think literally. And so it's like, it's like people would like back in the day when people were like, oh, you shouldn't do this. And I was like, okay. And they're like, well, we don't see on your profile that you do that. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like you're, you're going to assume my educational background, my bandwidth, my clientele, what I do on a daily basis, what I'm putting emphasis on, the education that I have, all these things based on my Instagram, like based on what I show you, like you're going to pick up this whole ass life that like, nah, boo, that's like 1% of my clientele. And you know, it, and that's for all of us, right? We don't have like a docu-series filmer following us around and saying you do this. Like everyone was like, Presley, the Vivid's queen, the Vivid's queen. I'm like, I worked for Pravana, you know, like, 
you damn straight I better have slayed that and then blasted it everywhere because I wanted to get to the top of that company. So you do what you need to do, you post what you need to post for that company to think you're important. That doesn't mean I wasn't doing curly hair, straight hair, short hair, fades, you know, natural hair, balayage, highlights on every day. It was actually hell to keep up with that gallery because it was so few of my clients. Um, and then when I was doing stage work for Pravana, I was also traveling and teaching haircutting. So everyone's like, oh, Presley, color, color, color. And then they're like, oh, wait, what? You do haircutting? And I'm like, yep, because it wasn't being put out there, right? I was just doing it on the streets. And so it's just very interesting. Like even when I would teach hair color, I was actually teaching them hair cutting through hair color. And then I would talk about, and then like all of my shows that I would do, all of my models were mainly curly hair or different textures of hair because I refused to just stay within that one margin. So it was like just a very interesting situation. But I think that was kind of like, I didn't pick myself up, but I showed myself again who I am and I aligned with my integrity. I aligned with my character and I now see the, the position that other people put me in, which actually makes me feel stronger about my personal disposition because I know who I am and I feel that the truth always comes out. And so as I continue to go through my career and show those parts of myself, that eventually when you get through all this stuff, people just go, I don't know, man, they do it all, whatever. You know, instead of being like, you can't do this and you can't do that. And you can't, you know what I mean? It's like prosecuting each other. That was the part. I think prosecuting each other is what got us into this pickle, right? Of, of, of divide and separation. And I want to say for the record that I am pro people. I am not anti anyone. And I believe that your numbers do not define you or your lifestyle. I believe that there is space for everyone. And I believe that every person belongs exactly where they are at and that you are fine to take up space, even if it makes other people a little uncomfortable. And someone said this to me the other day, they said it so well. They said, when you know yourself and you walk into a room and others don't, automatically one of two things will happen or both of which will happen. They will get angry with you and lash out at you, or they will shut down, or they will do both. And that happens on a very regular basis with me. And I am not a foe. I'm a friend. And when you meet someone that makes you feel uncomfortable like that, I just suggest ask, don't assume. Mm -hmm. And period. love it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Um, so I guess the second question then that we wanted to ask you is, um, you have accomplished a lot and done a lot in your career. So is there a moment where maybe you've surprised yourself with something that you've achieved? Like you were like, wow, I, I never really imagined I would be here. I'm like, this is amazing. Every damn day. People think there's some like, you know, they think there's some like, it's so interesting. Okay. So I had someone that I'm going to mentor from color of the world, right? It just ended up happening. And he's like, I want to be here. I want to do these things. He's like, Presley, we're going to do great things. And I'm, we've been talking every day. Right. And he's been like, I said, honey, we already are. People think, and I was like, like the fact that you're in the room and I'm with you. And like, we did this whole thing. Like that was a big thing. They think that there's like this moment where you just realize like, oh, like I'm doing this thing, but it's not, it's gradual. Right. And it's like, and that's the thing of like looking at your life and being like, oh shit, like I, I'm on a podcast. Why am I on a podcast? Why do people want to know what I have to say? That's a whole different level. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. People want to hear what I have to say. So I must be doing something right in my career. That's a really cool place to be that like people want to hear what I have to say and invite me onto their show to talk to them and that they feel cool for having me. Cause I feel cool for being there. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
it's just literally like that all the time. And I'm always just in awe of my life and thankful for seeing the work that I have done to create the privilege that I have. Like I understand that my platform is a privilege and I also see the work that I've done to get there. And when you see those two things come together in fruition, it it's like kind of jarring and takes you to a place of like thankfulness. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, you definitely make an impact. Yeah. That is for certain. Um, I'm That's so grateful yeah. that you think that we're, it's that cool we're that you're cool. here. Yeah. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for the time that you set aside today to talk to us. Um, that, yeah, that has was some really amazing pearls of wisdom and really interesting, like, um, I don't want to say viewpoint. That's not the word I'm looking for. But like you put some of that really eloquently and it's I'm going to be listening to this episode and thinking a lot about some of the things that you've said because I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. Well, that Yay. concludes today's episode. Mm -hmm. Once again, thank you so much for your time, Presley. If you um, if you want to follow us on our social media journeys, it's at Herrick Hunter for me on all platforms. And I am Erica the Redhead on Instagram and TikTok. And our podcast is at Break Room Banter Pod on Instagram. We also have a Patreon, uh, and that's www.patreon.com forward slash Break Room Banter Pod. And then, Miss Presley, what are all of your socials? Oh, everything's my name. Yep. Everything Presley Poe. Presley Poe, po, all the way around. Everything's my name. Easy to find me. Um, well, that was funny because I was looking up and I was like, oh, maybe we. Uh, she has TikTok too, because I'm not gonna lie, I just redid my TikTok account, so now I gotta refollow everybody. And I was like, "There's multiple accounts. That's Barely. how you know. That's how you know when mm -hmm. you've got fake <laughs> accounts on TikTok." I'm like, "People have fake accounts of me on TikTok. Accounts that have Presley Poe and your face on that, on TikTok. So that's why I was like, maybe we should just let her tell us what they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know." Whatever. People get all salty about that. They're like, I don't want someone else to get rich on my work. And I'm like, I really don't care. Like, you can't, you can't put things into the ethos or into the world. This is also the last tip I will leave you guys with. Everyone know this. You cannot put things into the ethos, into the world, and not expect people not to use it. They're going to dress like you. They're going to act like you. They're going to do hair like you. They're going to steal your information. They're going to use your information. They're not going to credit you. And I don't think it really freaking matters because you're the one creating it. Therefore, the more you give, the more you need to receive in order to continue giving. And, you know, if someone's going to make a buck off your back, okay, cool. But you're still going to do your own thing. Like, let more people say your name. And if someone else has an account that has a whole million followers and it's not you necessarily, and then you go and they go, oh my God, I follow you. I'm like, you do? I really have like no followers, whatever. They still did you a service. They did you a solid. I'm like, you're still saying my name and seeing my work. Okay, cool. You know, like, thanks. Well. All right. <laughs> until uh, next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ergo Styling Tools exist to create hair styling tools that are easier to use, ergonomically friendly to the body, and deliver longer-lasting, shiny hair. Originally started as Ergo Research, Inc., a research company to help hairstylists who were in pain after a day in the salon. What we've learned now allows everyone to look and feel their best every single day. For nearly 30 years, leading hairstylists and salons have chosen Ergo Styling Tools for professional use and offer them to their clients to keep their hair healthy and beautiful at home. You can choose Ergo Styling Tools and choose longevity in your career and healthier and shinier hair and get 10% off by using code HUNTER in all caps at checkout. So go to www.ergostylingtools.com and use code HUNTER, make sure it's in all caps, for 10% off your order. Who wants better sex this year?
I mean, I think everybody does, Hunter. Well, I know someone who can help. AdamandEve.com is a sex-positive site where you can find almost anything you desire. Listeners of this podcast will receive 50% off plus free shipping. Not only that, you will get some extra sexy bonus items as well. We cannot forget to mention that everything will be packed and shipped 100% discreetly. Just use code BRBPOD at checkout for 50% off and free shipping. And your extra sexy bonus items. Oh, go to adamandeve.com. Use code BRBPOD. And make 2023 sex the best sex of your life. Oh, yeah.